This is Masonic Muscle, episode 31. Have you gotten out there? Have you gotten to hit it? I was watching, uh, I've been following Burpees King, and I think he's he's getting close to two years straight of Burpees every single day. And I think he's gotten so good at it that I think he's up to like 115 straight Burpees just up and down, you know, with the, I think he says like a rocking chair or something and nonstop and i don't know if you guys have tried doing down-ups like when you, we played football when i was in high school you know part of the punishment was uh down-ups after practice if you were late to practice or um you know uh film time things like that you know you had down-ups which were burpees but with all your equipment on helmet and everything and to do you know 10 or 15 in a row just down up was difficult now you're talking about 115 130 with the rocking chair and all these you know and the way he does them is just really smooth he's just man he's, he's taking that to a different level and that's the consistency of it you keep pushing you keep working hard uh, and to do something uh to perfection to or near perfection because there's no such thing as perfection but pretty damn near and every day he posts uh, his routine and when he gets up and he starts going at it. And so this has been a source of, uh, for me, of inspiration. So Burpees King, if you hear this, I hope you do. Yeah, man, get, keep getting at it. I've, I've been getting better with my burpees. I, uh, during my cardio days on Tuesday, Thursdays, Saturdays, I get it in. And I'm not as good as you, but I'm I'm beginning to get better. And because of you and Iron Wolf and Big Boy, and I don't know who else is out there doing burpees, but but uh, you you guys are the you know the ones that I follow. And I incorporated into my routines because of the cardiovascular, but also it's just a complete total body workout. And you know I I want to be healthy from head to toe. And from inside as well, mentally. So let's get to it today, guys. I've been, ever since I started this podcast, I started from what I think is the beginning of, of what we know as Freemasonry. And that starts with the very first document that we can relate to, that we can actually go to, that it's out there. And that's the Regis Manuscript, 1390, right? Regis Manuscript. And so one of the books that I used that I've been using is a book by Alberto Moreno Moreno. The book is called The Rule of St. Benedict and Masonic Ritual, The Origin of Masonic Usages, Customs, and Ritual. And the book, I believe, was originally written in French or Spanish. I'm going to have to look that up. I should have been prepared with that, I know. And so that, that gives me a little bit more of research to do for you guys. And uh, at the very back of the book on page 215, uh, he has a section. It's called the Regis Manuscript. And it says this chapter first appeared in Iniciación Mística y Ritual Masónico, or Mystical Initiation and Masonic Ritual, published in Spanish oh, in, in 2019. 
We reproduce it here, translated into English, because of its interest as regards the presence of the Benedictine rule in Freemasonry. And the book is all about how the connections, the ties to the Benedictine and Cistercian connection that, uh, that Freemasonry may likely have. And I'm going to read a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole thing, and I might just start reading little chunks of it uh, with each episode so we can get really familiar with the Regis manuscript and what is in it and what we know about it. And it starts, it says here, starting on the second paragraph, this document of old charges is also the only one written as a poem, referring to the Regis manuscript. Because of this, and because the person who brought it to light and claimed attention to it was the antiquarian James Hollywell, it is also known as Regis poem or Hollywell, Hollywell manuscript. The Regis manuscript owes its name to the fact that it was deposited in the Royal Library. And in order to understand its content, we must first place it in its historical context. In 1066, the Battle of Hastings had taken place in the south of England. In this battle, the Norman troops would defeat the last Anglo-Saxon king, Harold II, and the long Norman rule of England would begin. The French culture, supported by the Latin tradition, would acquire in England a hegemonic role that would filter down to all levels as a curiosity. It is worth mentioning that today, 70% of the English vocabulary has French etymology. Did you hear that? 70% of English vocabulary, the words that we use today, has French etymology. And in the book, The Trivium, uh, written by Sister Miriam Joseph, it relates how the English language is made up of different languages. So our English language is not our own, guys. It's, it's composed of different languages. Moving on. During the 12th and 13th centuries, a religious phenomenon of French origin would occur. The Cistercian order, which thanks to the energy of Bernard of Clairvaux, would spread throughout, the, throughout Europe. The Cistercian order followed the rule of St. Benedict, which was not only the text which governed the life of the monks, but rather a cultural paradigm. In an England under Norman rule, the development of the Cistercian order was immediate, and many Cistercian abbeys were founded all over the island. It was the time of the Crusades and the beginning of the construction of the great cathedrals. It was the time of the Crusades, brethren, the Crusades, the Knights Templars, Crusades, the Saracens, the Assassins, is it beginning to ring a bell for you readers out there, for you uh, Masonic history buffs? Let's continue. The Cistercians were also one of the main employers of the Masons. In fact, many Masons had entered under monastic discipline as converts. So the influence that the Benedictine rule had on Masonic practices was very marked. So much so that today, we speculative Freemasons still maintain many things prescribed by the rule, such as the way by which we arrange the table during the festive board, the treatment of the brethren according to rank, the phraseology of the tyler, the reception according to the old charges, the preparation of the candidate, the toast to absent brethren or Jacob's ladder. It was in the context that Regis was written most probably by a monk. Most probably by a monk. 
so leaving for history, which is the oldest manuscript of old charges. Therefore, in order to appropriately understand Regis, we must have a clear idea of what the old charges were. A manuscript of old charges was the document used in operative lodges to receive once a year. The apprentices who were passed to the fellowcraft degree, in the case of the Masons, as stated in the Regis manuscript, the date was October 8th, the day of the four crowned martyrs. When the apprentice was to become a fellowcraft, which meant becoming a full member of the craft, the manuscript of old charges was read to the new fellowcrafts during the ceremony. After the reading, he took his oath by placing both hands on the manuscript and swearing to abide by its content. The Regis manuscript, in keeping with its time, is a document of a distinctly Roman Catholic character, since it cites both the Holy Mother Church and the Eucharist. It includes a history of masonry, the list of charges, the accounts corresponding to the martyrdom of the four crowned saints, the universal flood, the Tower of Babel, a praise of the seven liberal arts, where the mystical contents of the manuscript is concentrated, and finally, a list of the moral duties proper to every Christian. The recipient swore to abide by those charges that had just been read to him, and then he became a fellow craft. The Regis manuscript begins with a text that reads, Here begin the constitutions of the art of geometry according to Euclid which the author himself defines in a figurative sense as the science that can separate falsehood from truth. But what is most striking is the very particular way in which Regis presents the seven liberal arts, since it affirms in a Platonic context that through the grace of Christ in heaven, Euclid began to teach the seven sciences, which are divided into trivium, grammatics, dialectics, rhetoric, and quadrivium, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. To conclude the reference to them by stating that these are the seven sciences. Whoever uses them may well have heaven. Now, as I read this, and I've read this many times, I begin to my mind begins to connect certain dots. Information that I've read over the years, over the past 23, 22 years, 23, 24 years, maybe. And stuff that I've caught. And that's how the brain works. And uh, you have to excuse my, uh, my red-nosed pit bull over there. Uh, if you can hear him snoring, if you hear any weird noises, that's him snoring. I'm putting him asleep uh, with this with the, the reading of the Regis manuscript and, and the, uh, the monks and the crusades and, and the seven liberal arts and sciences. Yeah. So sorry, fearless. I'm sorry. I, I put you to sleep. Good boy. Thank you for being by my side. I appreciate that. But anyhow, my mind begins to make these connections to the crusades, to the, the fact that we call ourselves brothers. And I think you know, the only other time we hear, we, we've heard about that term was when, you know, you hear about monastic uh, monks calling themselves brothers. That's particularly in the Catholic, you know, religion. 
with the Benedictine monks and the Cistercian. I'm not sure. I, I think uh, in other religions and other, you know, uh, monastic orders around the world from different religions, they call themselves brothers as well. Like in the Essenes, I believe, and the Therapeutae, you know, and the Brotherhood of the White Snake or whatever. And they were brothers of that order. So we retain that practice as well, calling each other brothers for no reason, really, if you think about it. We're Masons, but we call each other brothers. So this, this manuscript is very important. And for, what, for whatever reason, why it's, it's put to the side now, don't get me wrong, in the California Inter Apprentice Canada Guidebook, they do make mention of it. If you're a California Mason, they do make mention of it very briefly, but they do. And, you know, and it is only like 30 pages long, uh, really. But I'm looking at it right now and I'm trying. Well, there it is on page 25 of the of the manuscript or the Canada guidebook that I got. It mentions it under the heading of the Masonic charge where they talk about the charge. And what it says is that the old Masonic charges, most notably in the form of the Regis manuscript, a Scottish document which dates from approximately AD 1390, specifically delineated Masonic behavior and violation of its rather strict provisions was a serious offense, which could result in expulsion from the guild, loss of your livelihood, and very possibly uh, starvation for your family. The Regis charges contain advice on all manner of public behavior, professional deportment, ethics, religion, and history mixed with legend, etc. And it does mention how it mentions the seven liberal arts and sciences and why Freemasonry or us brothers really don't really focus on it more like we've begun to at the Palm Springs Masonic Lodge. Why more lodges don't focus on the seven liberal arts and sciences is beyond me. It really is, especially when you begin to study the actual written documentation. You have to wonder what, what is preventing all Grand Lodges from beginning to make this our primary focus. You know, uh, the letter G, I understand, and geometry, okay, and, you know, geometry, uh, earth measurement, and all these, you know, sacred geometry, and, and the, uh, the uh, Fabonici code, and, and the spiral everywhere, you, you know, but in order to understand these things on a, in a mechanical way, uh, to begin to help the brain, our brain, and the higher intelligence work together you ha you have to have some kind of methodology and and the the trivium i believe is part of the way you, you get there so very very uh interesting uh, you know strange really that that we do not emphasize the seven liberal arts and more and sciences more another interesting thing that i want to throw out there before i close this episode is how things are ramping up again. You know, the cooties is, uh, there's another variant of the cooties. But how about different variants of degrees of the ritual? How about that? And I'm going to begin to talk about that more in Masonic muscle here. And, you know, we've been dealing with variants as a fraternity 
for hundreds of years. So this shouldn't be something new to us, brethren. And if we used, you know, the trivium more, we would be able to get through this in a more logical, rational way. And, you know, when you study it, the variations, the degree variations, uh, that becomes an interesting topic. And to round that little thought nugget out would be why, and I have mentioned it before, why, why do they not constantly bombard us with citizens of the United States, citizens of the world, get healthier, take control of your health, of your fitness level, of the thoughts you entertain, of the food you take into your body, of the amount of water you're taking into your body. We're 70% water or more. Are you taking in enough water? Are you taking in multivitamins? Are you helping, are you helping your immune system get stronger? So that if we do come down with a flu or a common cold or anything that else that we get afflicted with, our immune system and our bodies and minds are that much more prepared to fight back. Why aren't they promoting that? Why aren't they promoting uh, getting out there to exercise like Jack Lane did all those years, all those years on TV um, for 20, 30 minutes, getting on there, promoting proper breathing, promoting, you know, movement of the body, you know, exercising. You don't need any equipment. Get out there and get you some and feel better about yourself. And when your body begins to transform right in front of your eyes, basically, when you look yourself in the mirror, you begin to get proud of that and you realize that that's you. You put in that work. Why? And why, brothers, why does it seem to me that as these the new Cootie variant is beginning to ramp up and people are closing down around the world, we Masons are beginning to rush into doing as many degrees as we can before we shut down again. When in reality, we should be preparing for that and begin to prepare for study. If everything is going to be shut down again, we should begin to study our history, our traditions, the origins of Freemasonry, the symbolism, have these talks. Uh, the, we've been shown the way. We've been given a golden opportunity to get on, on Zoom. And through Zoom, speak about and, and, and learn together about the mysterious origins of Freemasonry. Learn about the history of Freemasonry, the traditions and symbols of Freemasonry. And if you can talk about your degree work, which most of the Grand Lodges has forbidden, you know, you, got, you, have to, uh, you have to get together with your Grand Lodge to see what can and cannot be discussed through Zoom, but you will be presented with another golden opportunity to connect with your brethren, to share ideas, to present topics on the mysterious origins, history, traditions, and symbols of Freemasonry, and how we can connect body, mind, and soul through proper exercise. So this is Masonic Muscle. This has been another, another strong exercise session of speculation and critical thinking, Masonically strengthening your body, mind, 
and soul. Until next week, enjoy your weekend. Go Raiders. <laughs>